0: All right, today I am speaking with Nick Broadhurst and Melissa Ambrosini. They covered off love, relationships, music, and of course the daily mental fitness practices lighting up their life. Um, for longtime listeners, I've had both of these people on the show individually in the past, just wonderful human beings. And this is a great continuation to that conversation. Plus, we go behind the scenes on how Nick's latest single, Inner Love, came to fruition all the meaning behind that, and also some of his process when creating new music. So please enjoy this conversation, share it with your friends, and let me know what you think. Have the best day yet. Nick and Melissa, super excited to have you back on the show. This is uh I think there's been one repeat guest, so it's super exciting to have two at the same time. Um given I was able to interview you both individually in the past. Um and you know, last time we were together, you guys were right in the middle of a pretty massive tour, the Open Wide tour, and I think it was one of the first time or one of the first times you did something this big together. So you know, why don't you say hello and um, maybe provide a bit of
1: context of of what that tour was all about. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much for having us back. And um, yeah, so the Open Wide Tour was, was very conceptual because we were doing really what we call now almost like a real life musical. Um, so what we did was we mixed music, my music. So I was performing with my band. We had meditation and we had uh, story. So instead of teaching through you know theory we didn't want to be standing on a stage preaching really For we sure. wanted to be able to share our own experiences with the audience and as a result we were really really vulnerable and i think people were kind of shocked at how much detail we went into We were quite graphic and we were you know we were very vulnerable and um it was amazing. So we sort of wove from, you know, from music, meditation, story, back and forth, back and forth. And it was really an amazing experience. And it was really our litmus test for a bigger concept, which is to take that show into a full dome setup. We want to wrap the audience in three-dimensional imagery. We want to bring in um, essential oils so we can anchor certain emotions Um, in smell we want to bring in touch Mm. dance we want to make a complete um, multi-sensory experience and what we call transformational live entertainment so it's that is our next step is to build the full experience
2: yeah
0: that is super exciting and that's got to come to Canada I think for sure (laughs) for
2: sure I can't believe this that's been that long since we last spoke but yeah it's awesome to be here
0: Oh, no, thank you. No, I know. You know, I have to say one thing before we continue. You you know, you guys, um, we've never met physically. And I just feel so connected with the two of you. And honestly, your group of friends in Australia, there's this beautiful... Bond that all of you share in this kindness and this authentic love that is is really unique. I mean, I'm sure you guys know this, but just from afar, literally across the world, um, it's really a really beautiful thing to to witness and see. So, I'm curious, guys. You know how how has your relationship evolved since that tour? Because that was a pretty big um, joint or mutual project, right? And you're doing even more work together, I imagine.
2: Oh my gosh, yes. We're doing so much together and our relationship is always evolving and growing. This is the thing and I think that was two years ago now, was it? Was it two years ago, Open Wide?
1: It was the beginning of 2018.
2: Yeah, Yeah. wow. Okay, so our relationship is continuously growing and evolving and I think a large part of that is um, me keeping Nick on his toes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: well fair well you know in that tour we we spoke really candidly about the polarity in relationships the polarity in life and how if you think mm-hmm. that it's going to be uh, all rainbows and butterflies when you meet your match your soulmate your twin flame whatever you want to call it um then that's an absolute fantasy because there is always polarity in every situation and um, we have really experienced just more of that just in different ways so you know um, I wouldn't say that meeting someone like Melissa is the easiest thing to do in the world because yeah. you you meet someone who has your measure and is going to call you out and you can't be average anymore and you can't hide. Yeah.
2: Nick always says, um, what's the saying you say about me? Oh, my goodness, I've just forgotten it. Um, the divine feminine always challenges the divine masculine is that what you say about me
1: well no no i say
2: it
1: was good paraphrasing but um no i love it. it this actually came from something i read in david Dieter's book the way of the superior man and the sign of a good woman is when she tests her man um okay and i find that interesting because of course there's tests and there's just unnecessary stuff that maybe some people get into. I don't know. But, um, whenever Melissa is testing me, it's usually when I haven't stepped up, like it's either because I haven't given her enough affection or love or made love recently. Um, there's always a reason for it. And it's easy to fall back in the masculine and go far out, you know, she's so annoying yeah <laughs> why is she being so yeah. Why is she being so moody instead of just going, Oh, okay, her emotions and moods are actually my signal to adapt and evolve to something which i haven 't seen within myself and to um, to try and figure that out and and often just to be the person who listens and doesn 't have to solve it because so often the masculine We'll hear what the feminine has to say. And this can be in a same-sex relationship, just as the same. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. Mm-hmm. There's always polarity between the masculine and feminine. But the masculine tries to figure out what's happening. And that doesn't need to be done. We yeah. just need to sit, listen, acknowledge, let them know that they're heard, take it on board and adapt, but don't try and figure it out in the spot. And that's probably my my blind spot is always trying to figure it out and talk through it, and that doesn't work very well
2: we
1: just want to be heard. It, it, fair. But it's, I feel,
0: I feel like it's tough whether it's with male or female, right. It's to, to put in that micro pause, right. And not just jump into a reaction or let your emotions take over when, when you're in the heat of whatever that moment is. Is there anything that you found uh, for you guys personally, that's been helpful to add that pause in there?
2: I think presence and your breath is really powerful Mm. and something that I've consciously been working on over the past couple of years is responding instead of reacting and that's not just with my marriage but with my stepson, with my friends, with my parents, with all of the relationships in my life is to, if I feel a trigger within my body, the immediate reaction usually is to respond and like react and, and kind of verbally throw something back. But in those moments, it takes cultivating self-awareness, which gets strengthened through meditation to kind of stop, take a breath and then respond instead of react from that triggered place. So I think you know, meditation has been really powerful for us and just making sure we're in the present moment and, and coming back to our breath.
0: Yeah. Which is, I mean, whether that's, you you know, your marriage or really any relationship or any type of uh, situation that arises. I mean, I can see where that is super valuable, right? Yeah.
1: And I think it's also really important to preface this entire conversation by saying that, you know, we are by no means perfect. We don't like when we go to the toilet, <laughs> unicorns don't come out. Like we, come on. For me. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, holier than, than thou, it's just purely sharing things that have worked for us. And we do things every day. They're so important. We actually spend quite a bit of time apart from each other as well. Um, so when we're apart, we, we always do a FaceTime at quarter to eight in the evening. Um, mm. And usually around lunchtime so we can see each other and feel each other. Um, we send, you know, loving like little love notes via text message and things like that, because it, it, we have to find ways to stay connected to each other. But when we are together, um, we do, we always have time together in the morning in bed, whether it's just talking and connecting or whether it's making love or, um, you know, then we get up and we do our little routines and we always meditate together as well, which is really important. Um, we do our gratitudes mm. together and, you It might sound like a lot. And of course, we've created a lifestyle where we actually have the space to do that, which is awesome. Um, And actually, that is the topic of the book we're actually writing together, which is super exciting. Um, But we have to continuously do these things and show up. Otherwise, it does unravel a bit and it does become a bit spiky and unpleasant, you know. So um, it's a very conscious thing that we have to do to stay tight.
2: And I always say, you know, a relationship, whether it's a partnership or a friendship or with your mom or whatever, like it's like a plant. If you want your plant to grow, you've got to water it. If you want your marriage or your relationship to thrive, you've got to water it. You've got to give it love, attention, water, the right amount of sunlight and give it that love and energy. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that water experiment where um, the water molecules change when they say beautiful, loving things to one jar of water and then they say very hateful and neglectful things to another jar and the molecules in the water, they actually change. And that's the same (laughs) with our relationships. Like if we want them to really thrive, we've got to pour love and energy and attention into And this is something that I am so conscious about. And same with Nick. We are so conscious about investing love and time and energy into our relationship and into all of our relationships. Because like a plant, if you don't, it's going to die. And if you want your relationship to die, then neglect it. But if you want it to thrive, and this is any partnership, this is any relationship, if you want it to thrive, then you have to give it energy time and love
0: so well said I love that and I mean thank you both for for hearing me on these questions I mean I, did, I definitely didn't want this to turn into a uh, couples therapy uh, session but I have the two of you together so uh, I thought I would ask and the other thing too just you know before jumping into uh, a little bit deeper into the music the reason I asked some of those questions is because you know it's very obvious that, you know, the foundation or the core of your relationship is, is very strong. And you, as you just mentioned, you work on it. Um, and I wanted to ask around that just because, Nick, you weren't always 100% focused on your music, right? And, I, I you know, there's been some big changes. Even even recently, I think, uh, uh, I listened to one of your podcasts. I believe it was the one in January where you were basically mentioning how you are going 100% in your music, which... I imagine takes, you know, support from your partner and, and those around you, right. To lean in and go all in, which uh, I imagine is, uh, you know, it's a tough decision or uh, take support, right?
1: Yeah. And, you know, I did go a hundred percent in, in the sense that I shifted my energy towards that to really, um, to get another boost because I hadn't released any music since my 2000, my June, 2018 album called thank you. And, My nature is to just constantly create things and I can get distracted very easily. So um, I love starting businesses and now we're writing this book together and there's a whole bunch of things. Right now is an extremely full period in my life and um, while I didn't end up going 100% into music, I did manage to achieve what I wanted, which was to produce really beautiful music and to sign with a new label, new management. And the first song uh since my last album. The first song comes out on October 18 in the States, October 19, Australia, which is called Inner Love. And um it's a very, very personal song. It it means a lot to me and my journey. And I think when I did that episode about going 100 percent I couldn't have asked for more than what this song is. So I'm, you know, I'm really, really happy with that.
0: So where did where did it come from? Was I also, you know, I had chat with um with someone from actually from your, from your record label. And she mentioned that, um, there's a tribute to mental health and awareness. And so why don't you, at, at this time, well, when this, when this releases, the song will be out. So people can check it out and it'll, it'll be linked in these show notes. So why don't you just give a little bit of background on where it comes from. And, um, even maybe a bit
1: of description on the video. The video is beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So, the song is really about my journey with depression, and fortunately, I'd never experienced depression in my lifetime. And you know, I'd had a very, I've had a really amazing life. I had my ups and downs, like most people. I've gone through a divorce and some serious health challenge, and you know, just a whole bunch of things that a lot of us experience. So, it hasn't been rainbows and butterflies, but I'd never really had that deep dark depression before and Mm -hmm. for a bunch of reasons which you know i think it was a lot of different things a lot of different factors um which would be a whole other episode probably but for a lot of reasons i ended up with really deep depression and it actually clicked in january 1st 2017 like it literally just started um it's bizarre and it ended January 1st, 2018. It's like this exact calendar year. It was the most bizarre experience. And I hmm. put it down to, obviously, there was something I needed to experience to become a better musician, a better, uh, I guess, teacher in many ways. Um, I know that sounds unusual, and to say depression was a blessing for me could be really hard to hear for people who are actually suffering from depression. Um, my experience was My experience was very unique and different, um, but it was no less more challenging. You know, it was incredibly hard. It was a moment-to-moment survival. Uh, I didn't know if I was going to make it through that period. It was incredibly tough. And so the song, Inner Love, is about that. And the chorus is, it's going to be all right. 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 And to me, that was kind of like my mantra, yeah, I would have to tell myself that just to stay afloat. And then the pre-chorus is in a love, in a love, in a love, in a love, which became so much the solution to the problem. Um, and the rest of the lyrics is really the journey. And the music video is, um, you can go and check it out on YouTube. When um, you go to my channel, Nick Broadhurst, and you'll see that it's me sitting in this stark white room with this bizarre, almost animal-like, dancer all in white painted in white clay uh moving around me and trying to get my attention and we've left that video really open for interpretation because we didn't want to be too um specific with it we wanted people to develop their own story with what that music video means but for me it was about hmm. she represents the the darkness trying to get my attention at the very beginning trying to suck me in and then she pulls me into her world and then I come out of that um, but it could mean a bunch of things for for anyone watching. So um, it's a beautiful music video. I'm so excited that it's coming out or it will be out when this podcast comes out, which is amazing.
0: It's um, so I'll, I'll just share you know what I got out of it because I I just found the the video so fluid and it just felt because you know I, I was obviously feeling the lyrics that were coming through and that was quite obvious. And then as you're seeing the visuals and and that person moving around, what what was really resonating for me was, you know, just the fact that we're, I think, you know, we're all, we're all moving around with our thoughts and things hitting us. And, and, and that's what was really striking for me that these thoughts are bouncing around and off your body and kind of flowing through you and, you know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be all right.
1: It's perfect.
0: And Melissa, you know, just hearing all this and, you know, obviously you were around for um, while Nick was going through this and just seeing the song come to life and all the work um, behind that, you know, what does that mean for you?
2: Oh, I feel so proud, really, truly so proud to have watched this transition and we shared in our Open Wide Tour just how challenging that time was for not only Nick but for our relationship when he was going through that so to have seen him go through that come out of it and then create this beautiful song and this beautiful music video is i feel so proud it's it's truly so beautiful. And we we're talking about it yesterday. I said, I think it's in my top three. And he's like, what do you mean your top three? And I'm like, well, <laughs> love Little it. Lover is still, you know, it's such a beautiful song. It's a good song. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and, you know, I love the one and I love Open Wide. Like there's so many, but this is, it, this is definitely up there. It will pull on your heartstrings. And I think as well, so many people now either know someone who is battled mental health or has themselves. It's way too common now. And this song is about finding your inner love. And when you find that inner love, it's going to be all right it's going to be all right. And this is the lyrics. It's going to be all right. It's yeah. going to be all right. And we all need to find that inner love. And when we've got that, everything's going to be all right.
0: So applicable. It's, um, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a mantra or, or setting an intention essentially. Uh, it's beautiful. No, I can't, can't wait for it to come out or it's out, I guess at this point. <laughs> um, What's it take, you know, Nick, like what's your process when you're putting together a song like this?
1: It's interesting. In the past, it's always just been me on my own, sitting at the keyboard and just kind of hoping something comes up. And so really it's headphones on, piano on my fingers and just playing around and some, you know, there's always like a chord or a moment that makes you go, "Ooh, you know, <laughs> like, oh, that was nice." Let me play with that. And where can I move from that chord? Oh, that's a nice chord too. Wow, they go well together. And all of a sudden it starts, you know, forming into something that wasn't there 10 seconds ago, which is such a sort of alchemy really. Like Little Lover, I have uh, a social action marketplace which is called Sweet um, where you can actually um, earn rewards. It's called Sugar. You can earn rewards or earn sugar and you can – get different prizes with me. And one of those prizes, if you want to check that out, by the way, it's IamNickBroadhurst.com forward slash sweet. It's really interesting. Okay. Um, it's a new a new social media marketplace. Um, and they've just launched oh, – yeah, I think when this comes out, the, their app will be out as well. It's really, really clever stuff. But one of the prizes is actually the original MP3 voice note of Little Lover, which I recorded in the moment. It's really interesting. And it sounds kind of terrible, actually, but it's – um. <laughs> you know the lyrics. The lyrics were like brother, mother, sister, father. It wasn't lover. You had to. I had to find the lyrics later the, and the meaning behind the song. But you can actually hear how that song came together as a voice note, which I think is really quite fascinating. Um, yeah. But the the process now is different for me. I have been co-writing actually, and it's sitting in a room with someone you don't know, and something coming out. It's really fascinating, and so the process has been the same, like the next three singles are all co-writes and they've come out of the same process, which is sitting down and I have them on piano and me just sitting there with headphones on and they just start playing and I just start singing and, and we just record the whole thing and go, well, that was a moment. That was a moment. Do they go together? And we start, you know, cutting and pacing it into an arrangement and finding where the song, the heart of the song is. Um, so sometimes it's, it comes together very, very quickly. In fact, most songs come together within half an hour to an hour and then you just refine it from there. And that process can take <laughs> months sometimes. Yeah. But, but you know, the actual heart of the song is very quick. So do the lyrics come first for you? Uh, the lyrics come in the moment. So, uh, for example, it's going to be all right. Um, they were in the moment, but then I had to find, okay, well, what does that, what does that mean? It's going to be all right. Mm. Uh, and then I was doing this, la. la, la sort of melody and i thought it sounds like i'm singing in a love and i thought hang on in love it's going to be right that sounds that really works what's that about and then i thought i know exactly what that's about you know and then the rest of the lyrics come and i wrote those lyrics with my um writing partner will Cumming, who's the artist lanks l-a-n-k-s amazing amazing artist um and but every song's different uh usually lyrics come Later, I get the feeling, then I find out what that feels like to me, and then I write the lyrics to that. So interesting. How much do you think
0: your wellness and mindfulness practices, you know, help unleash some of these, you know, these whispers or these lyrics or the notes? Because I feel, you know, having interviewed several people just on this topic in general from all walks of life and industries like the, the number one theme usually is something around heightened self-awareness. Right. And, just all of these different practices, you start you start seeing more, feeling and and hearing more. And I'm, and I'm curious how this links into uh, your music, and then Melissa, you know, all of your work as well. And just you have, uh, you know, we haven't talked about it yet, but like you have such an incredible business and podcasts and stunning hosts. Like I'm just curious how your practices fit into the work that you're doing.
1: Well, for me personally, I think when it comes to creativity. There's definitely – I write a lot of songs in my head during meditations and then come out and do voice notes. (laughs) Okay.
2: Um, You wrote one yesterday at the beach when
1: we were – I did do one at the beach yesterday. And most of the time all the stuff that comes to me spontaneously at the beach or during meditation is way more pop and not really Nick Broadhurst. It's not in that world, that's which interesting. is really interesting. Yeah, like I really do need to start writing for other artists or maybe just do a different – I've been contemplating doing another artist called Nikki B. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And doing more pop stuff because I, it's there, it's coming out, so why don't I express it? Just because it doesn't sit within the world of Nick Broaddus doesn't mean I shouldn't release it. So that's interesting to me. But I think creativity comes from who you are and who I am comes from – what I do and what I do is I do have a practice Mm. and what's been most powerful for me is definitely the Vedic meditation technique because, I mean, I was, I started doing this in 2008, um, as part of a stress coping mechanism when I was really struggling with, uh, financial stress and marriage breakdown and different bits and pieces. I was just trying to find a way to feel okay. Um, so it started out like that. But then, as you start this technique or many other techniques, things start to change in ways that you never would have imagined, and may not necessarily see very clearly in the moment. But then you look back and you realize, "Oh my gosh, I'm not I'm not watching horror films. I'm not reading hmm. crime books. I'm not, you know, eating junk. not eating junk food." And things you start to refine your senses, and your senses really start wanting more high high vibe things. Um, And that just continues and continues and continues to the point now where, for example, uh, most recently my body just started just rejecting animal products. Just that was it. Just like that's it. I can't do animal products anymore. So I was kind of thrust into the world of being whole food plant-based, which is totally unexpected. Um, And I think that's just, again, this process of refinement. Um, And, yeah, it just comes from having a consistent daily practice and dipping into a state of you beyond your thoughts which is a state of beingness and when you do that every single day it's like a if you took a a cloth and you dipped it in turmeric like they do in india and you do that every single day day after day that yellow is going to become deeper and deeper and more permanent and when you dip in and out of the state of beingness every day you that sort of washes onto your existence and you start taking that experience into your waking state and you become more yeah, self-aware and more heightened senses. And it's, yeah, it's, it's pure alchemy, but I'll let Melissa answer. Cause that was a very long answer.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think for me as well, the Vedic meditation has changed my life. I what is start- it
0: Melissa? Just for people that don't know.
2: Well, it's a mantra-based meditation. So you have to learn from a teacher and that teacher usually has studied for years. They've usually gone to India. They've studied for a couple of years to become a a Vedic meditation teacher and you can go to a, a Vedic teacher and you there's a whole ceremony that happens and you get given your mantra. It's actually a really beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. They do this thing called a puja, which is like a, a song, and they teach you about the philosophy and you can answer any questions uh, or they can answer any questions. And it's a really beautiful three- or four-day experience and then once you have your mantra it's basically in a nutshell 20 minutes twice a day and you sit and you repeat that mantra in your mind quite effortlessly and for me I started in 2013 and yeah it's it's definitely been the biggest game changer and our practices is what are what help us thrive and help us create. So, you know, we take our self-care very seriously, meditating, moving our body. We spend a lot of time in nature. We eat organic whole foods. We drink clean water. We go to bed at eight o'clock. Like there is Mm -hmm. so- Yeah, sometimes 7.30. There's so many things that we do, like there's so many pieces of our holistic wellness puzzle that really allow us not only to thrive and to achieve all the stuff we do in our business but also to be the creative uh, beings that we are and to be this open vessel for the divine to kind of come through and create the music and the books and the podcast and the tour and all of those things.
0: I love it. Do you, do you remember any moments when, because I'm just, I'm trying to place it for, you know, people that may be listening that say, you know, this sounds really cool. I'd love to start something like this. Um, but they're just getting started. Right. So just to give some motivation of when you first started, you know, like how I'm sure it's different for everyone, but what type of things did you see personally that were shifting in your life as, you know, a a result of implementing a, a fairly strict practice like this? Or, or well, regiment.
2: yes. Well, I dove straight in like once I learned and, and the thing is, is there's an energetic exchange. Um, there's a financial exchange when you learn this. Um, and so I was invested and yeah. I learned this technique and then I dove straight in. I committed, I did twice a day, 20 minutes. I was religious because I immediately saw and felt results. I had years of chronic fatigue leave my body. I was sleeping better instantly. I started to feel more content within myself. So I saw results immediately. And for me, that was so charming that I just kept on doing it. Did you feel results straight away when you did
1: it? I definitely noticed huge amounts of fatigue coming out. It's, you know, when we first started this technique, we would constantly fall asleep in meditation, which is really <laughs> interesting. Well, That's just the body saying, okay, right now I just need to rest. I'm just going to knock myself out. And-, and this was
2: sitting up asleep, like not laying down. <laughs> we, would, we would like sit up, yeah. I'd, I'd finish the meditation, I'd look over at Nick and his head would be like, <laughs> over in like a U in his laugh. <laughs>
1: yeah. And <laughs> it's the airplane Bob. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really rare that that happens now. I can't even no. remember the last time that happened, but um, – yeah, unless we are really tired or jet lagged or something, it's a bit different. But for me, I had an interesting experience of meditation because when I started in 2008, I was in a different relationship and I was struggling at the time with a lot of stress. I was in a, a very high pressure, um, what's the word, um, top-end top residential real estate career. So I went from music, oh, yeah. I was in a band called Sneaky Sound System. We had this huge success, number one album, Aria Awards, you know, crazy success globally. And then I left that and went into real estate and I wanted to take that same level of success into that job, which took a huge amount of push. So I was very stressed. And so I would just sit in the boardroom in the CBD here and I would just literally fall asleep. Um, and for me, it just made me, I'd come out of it and feel like, oh, I just had an amazing like sleep. That's what it felt like. It was just 20 minutes, but always I'd come out at 20 minutes regardless. It was interesting. My body knew. And then it was interesting because it set me on a path and that path was very different to my partner's path at the time. It actually definitely was a, I guess, a tipping point to us separating because I was going on a different journey. And then that brought its own element of stress and a huge amount of stress going through divorce and especially when you have a child involved. And I actually went through a huge, like a terribly tough experience with, I'm laughing now, but a tough experience with meningitis and being bedridden for about three years. Um, oh, wow. And that came after I started medita- meditating And so you could look at it like, wow, like meditating really kicked your kicked your ass. But no, it's not. (laughs) It just set me on this path, and I came out of that experience using meditation. So, um, and during my year of depression, I wasn't meditating. You know, it was really, really hard to sit with myself. And I turned it around by sitting with myself and just getting through it and doing the one thing I didn't want to do. So, I mean, yeah, it's as I said, it's like pure alchemy. It's it's rather incredible.
0: I do find personally even um, just a, a regular uh, breath work type meditation or focusing on your breath for 15, 20 minutes on my side personally feels like it's like a, a long power nap. You feel so restored hmm. after doing that. Um, and, and just a simple, you know,
1: in and out type setup that really anyone can do. It's powerful stuff. I'm just going to add to that if people want to start vedic meditation practice they can actually get the app called one giant mind um, which is created by a friend of ours johnny pollard and in that he uses one mantra for everyone it's actually a slightly different mantra than what you would get if you paid a vedic meditation teacher but it's still a very powerful mantra um and there's a 30-day challenge and it's you know you can pick 10 minutes 15 20 minutes whatever you want to do but that is an incredible way to get this into your life it's really amazing Well, I'm glad you brought that up because Johnny is
0: actually the only other person that's been on this show twice. So we're huge supporters. (laughs) I'll put that in the show notes for everyone. Um, is, has there any, you know, just thinking about the last, I don't know, three to six months or so, any new practices or any new shifts in the routine that that you've been trying that, you know, you've been seeing great results when it comes to your mental fitness or, or Melissa, I remember you said this in the first interview, your uh, spiritual sit-ups, which I've loved <laughs> that.
2: Yes, actually, there is one thing that is we have gone whole food plant-based. So mm. that has really been huge for us Um, and it's definitely brought about even more clarity and certainty and creativity and Peace peace of mind and better sleep. And then also like on my end, like it's cleaned up a few health things that I, I, yeah, yeah, which has just been incredible to see. So that for me has definitely been a big one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally second that. I mean, we're not here to say everyone needs to become vegans because that's not our message. It was just, you know, we, I was sort of thrust into that world by my body just saying, okay, no more. And I thought, okay, cool. Well, I'll just Go with the flow. I'm not going to resist it. And then Melissa naturally followed suit. And um, we've really enjoyed it, actually. It's been a really fun experience. We've we've had fun with it. It's been, I don't know, like a new lease on life. That's been great. And outside of that, I don't know. I don't think there's been anything particularly new. It's just probably staying consistent. Sure. Uh,
2: maybe... We moved uh, – we have two homes mm. and so we're spending now a lot more time in our Queensland home, which is more in nature. So I think as well the last six months we've definitely spent mm. way more time
1: surfing and-
2: in nature, yeah. a lot more time, like hours every day because we live right on the beach here and it's a lot warmer weather consistently around – the year so Hmm. i think that's definitely been another thing that we've
1: done i actually have one more and i think this is i knew it all start coming out (laughs) we we could tell you a gazillion things that we do but in terms of the new ones i mean i've always worked out to some degree and i've gone through different stages of like um being skinny being ripped being skinny being ripped like i mean like (laughs) it's my body type like if i don't work out i just lose weight this is the way i am you know i'm that ectomorph vata style body type but um it's interesting since being plant-based i have been training a lot harder my training volume has gone up about 600 percent, which is wow nothing short of miraculous and the difference in how i feel during workouts and after workouts is literally night and day Um, And it's interesting because I saw this in the recent film that just came out, The Game Changers, which is an amazing film. It's supposed to come out. uh, We're still a week away. I can't wait to watch that. Yeah. Well, I think you can get it on on iTunes at the moment if you want to pay for it. Otherwise, wait for Netflix on the 16th of October, I think. But a really fantastic film. And what they were reporting in there is what I experienced was this huge change in endurance and energy. And so I've been able to actually – lift much heavier weights more often and i've put on way more muscle mass and i feel really strong and really fantastic and just as a male getting into my body into the masculine side um i, I don't know that filters into every single area of my life my career the way i speak to people um my love life i mean it, it affects everything the way that i parent it's it's amazing
0: it is. I, I resonate with that too, as a, as a, as a male, when you're, when you feel, when your physical body feels like you're, you know, you're really in great shape. It, you're right. It's hard to explain that it just, you feel really on your A game on all other facets of, of life. And, um, I'll second the, uh, the whole food plant-based, my wife and I have been on that, um, that diet for the last year or so as well. And, um, we feel great. And it's, uh, again, like you said, Nick, I mean, you know, this isn't to preach a, a certain type of, uh, lifestyle to anyone, but, you know, just speaking from our own personal experience, uh, I really second what you guys are saying. There's, there's a, there's a shift that you can feel it. And there's, you know, for us, there was a big thing around the, the environment, uh, was a big reason as well. There, there's just, when you look at it, there's, it's just full of benefits. Yeah. So
1: I highly encourage people to try it out. Yeah. The other thing which we've experimented with is, um, celery juice, the old medical medium, celery juice. Mm-hmm. And, and, oh, and okay. well, mainly because, I mean, you just, you see people at the health food shop going out with 10 bunches of celery, like every time you're there and you're thinking, God, and I keep hearing about people, um, how they feel on this celery juice in the morning. And so rather than sort of try and, judge it from afar we thought well let's let's read his books let's find out more about him and let's try the celery juice and we actually love it and i mean it's not like he's trying to sell a product or make money i mean his books are not for profit books so um you know putting celery in your body each morning can't be harmful and and to be honest for me personally uh it's I mean, it's hard to know what's made the biggest shift, but I did that around the same time as going plant-based and I feel freaking incredible. So, I mean, I'm not going to stop.
0: <laughs> sure. I'm going to try that. I haven't, we haven't tried that one. Celery juice. All right. I, uh, I want to respect your time guys. So I'm going to start wrapping up a bit and I usually always pull the reflective questions, uh, from guests and, and that's just, you know, journaling type questions, whether you journal or not, just questions that you may be asking yourself on a frequent basis, just to slow down a little bit and, and reflect. And um, we pull these out just so we can help others in their practice and just change your perspective a little bit from, um, you know, standard, you know, what am I grateful for just to add a little bit of a flair to that to keep things fresh for people. So are, are there a few questions that you guys find are circulating in your
1: life that have been impactful? The first thing that comes to mind for me is how can I be of more service? I, I mm. think that service is the gateway to almost everything. Um, it's so powerful. And that can be as simple as, okay, today I'm going to serve by um, giving everyone I walk past a big smile. Or, or you know, when we're at the beach, just picking up trash like yesterday we it's a busy time of year where we live in the sunshine coast in queensland um because of school holidays so the beach was busier than usual and a lot of teenage kids were drinking crappy drinks and leaving their stuff on the beach and usually this area is absolutely immaculate pristine so to see rubbish was Mm -hmm. really (laughs) was revving me up so especially cigarette butts i did an instagram story about that taking the piss out of that whole thing but um just walking along, it took me about 45 minutes to do the entire beach and just, I came back with arm, um, like I was I couldn't carry anymore. And usually that's on a beach that's spotless. So that was quite upsetting, but at least that was a way of being of service. Does anything come to you? Yeah.
2: I think a question besides the obvious that we ask ourselves multiple, multiple times a day is what are we grateful for? Um, we, mm-hmm. we have that conversation twice a day, first thing in the morning and then again before we go to bed. And at dinner. And at dinner. So yeah, we're constantly talking about what we're grateful for. But I think another one for me that I ask each day is what will bring me the most joy? Mm. What is one thing that will bring me joy today? And that might be going for a swim, or it might be um, getting into bed earlier, or it might be having a phone conversation with a girlfriend or catching up with a girlfriend, you know, they're just little things that obvious that make a really big difference. And so, yeah, just asking myself what will bring me the most joy right now.
0: I love that. These are great, great prompts. And I love that you build in gratitude practices like that It, you know, multiple touch points in the day. It's, it's so, it's just so powerful, right? Because I, and when we don't do that, uh, unfortunately when we walk out into kind of the regular world we're just surrounded by negativity and just content and distraction so the, the more we can do these type of things uh, consciously I think it just leads to so many beautiful uh, results or outcomes
2: mm, exactly
0: well thank you both and a huge congrats on the new single I look forward to seeing the other ones come out I've look forward to hearing more about the book once you guys are uh, farther along or about ready to talk about all of that. It's just, it's such really a treat to have you back on the show. Just, I'm sure people can feel it in, um, your conversation your voice and and the energy you bring to this podcast just you're beautiful humans and i just feel blessed to have you on on the show so thank you for everything you're doing out there
1: oh thank you for saying that and we feel the same about you and it's you know always nice to hear those things said about yourself it's kind of surreal but we really appreciate it thank you for having us
2: Mm, thank you so much it's been beautiful chatting with you again
0: Yes, you made it to the end of the conversation. Thank you so much for your attention today. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Nick and Melissa. They left us two awesome prompts. One being, how can I be of more service? This is a great question to journal on just because it doesn't matter what you're doing or who you are or what you're interested in it is applicable to all of us. So enjoy this one. And also what will bring me the most joy, another powerful one to bring in more joy in our life and release the things that aren't bringing joy. So once again, hope you enjoyed it. Leave a review wherever you're listening, share it out. It really does mean a lot for the show and the ability to get on great guests. And please stay tuned for the next show releasing, which is with Arnaud, who is a expert in happiness. He's been studying this field for over a decade. He's got a ton of different initiatives, one being an awesome event called Stand Up For Passion, which I've had the great pleasure to attend here in Toronto. Um, So enjoy the chat when it releases. This is the first time I do an outro, so bear with me. Have a great day.